Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear is designed for maneuverability and durability and is made to last through even the toughest of elements. My go-to for their pants is the Water Resistance Adventure Pants and their lined waterproof jeans. I've worn them while out ice fishing, crawling through the woods, bear hunting, and on the west coast out on the boat. And I even wear them around when I'm having a lazy day at the house. They are that comfortable. They also offer jackets, summer pants, backpacks, and many more. Men's and women's sizes are available, and by partnering with One Tree Planted, you're planting a tree with every purchase. Check them out for yourself at northboundgear.co, and when you use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and promo code SHELDON15. Well, you guys, I didn't quite get around to doing this uh, on my last days off here when I was at the house. I had uh, a few more important things to do. Uh, My brother got married, so uh, everybody congratulate him. Uh, It was a busy week for us over there in Hudson Hope, helping him out, and uh, we spent the week over there. So I didn't didn't quite get around to recording the podcast at home, so uh, I just packed all my stuff with me and brought all the work. Uh, So yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, things look a little bit different. But uh, you've all seen this here before. I've had to do it here a couple of times last week. You know, I had uh, a little more important things to do. So, you know, priorities, right? (laughs) But anyways, you know, uh, it's the end of August here. Uh, September 1st is right around the corner. Uh, With that up here in the north, that means chicken season is about to start up. And, uh, you know, other than bears, chickens is my absolute favorite thing to hunt uh it it's just such a beautiful time of year you know the the leaves are changing colors uh the wind's blowing nice and you get that uh like that fall air smell you know it's such a it's just an amazing time of year and with chicken hunting too you know it's it's such a nice calm and relaxing way to hunt uh it doesn't matter who you are, your experience, old, young, uh, whatever. Like, everybody enjoys chicken hunting. And, you know, it's just like any any other type of hunting. You can have your diehard guys where they dress up in camouflage, they grab the twenty two or the shotgun, and they go and they walk for miles, and they jump shoot birds with the shotguns, or they wait to see some perched up in trees, and... They take them out with their, uh, with the 22s, or the 17s, 22 Magnums, whatever. And, uh, and then there's other guys like me. I, man, I'm telling you, I like to just drive around with the windows down, dogs in the truck, and it doesn't matter what I'm using, whether it's my 22, my 22 Magnum, my 17 shotgun bow. Uh, pellet gun you know it's it's just enjoyable and like that's another reason why I enjoy it so much is like the diversity of things that you can use to hunt them I mean like it might be borderline illegal but I think you might even be able to use a slingshot 
to hunt chickens. <laughs> you know, like it is so so much fun for me. Plus, you know, it's it's relaxing. I roll down the windows, I drive down dirt roads, you breathe in that nice fall September air. You watch some leaves fall, you watch the leaves change colors. Uh you know, you don't take it too serious uh, and it's it's just a great way to relax. And at the end of the day, you get to shoot something and eat it too, you know. And uh you know, it's nice because you can you can bring your dogs with you, you can bring your woman you can bring your kids. I've brought I've brought like newborn kids with me and just strapped them into their car seat. And as long as you just get out of your vehicle like you're supposed to, anyways, and shoot with a twenty two, I you know you're not gonna damage their hearing or anything like that. And then you know, once in a while, depending on who the kid is, you know, after you shoot a chicken, you can just like hand the bird to the kid and be like, hey, check that out, buddy. And, you know, and they can sit there and they can play with it, laugh at the feathers or whatever, you know, and. It's a great way to bring people together. It's a great way to start people out hunting. Uh, if you're wanting to like start filming your hunts, it's an amazing way to learn uh, some of the ins and outs of running camera equipment, especially like pushing the record button. Uh, this spring, I, I still feel really bad about it, but... Uh, the bear hunt that I put up there where it was the uh, dangerous black bear hunt. Uh, the one where I had to shoot that poor bugger like four times. Uh, the reason why you didn't get to watch like the actual shot of the bear other than GoPro footage is because my brother was running the, the main camera. And that poor guy, I think the first time he touched that camera was the day before. So he didn't really know how to turn it on and all that stuff. So... He technically filmed it, but really all he did was point the camera at it and zoom in because he forgot to hit the record button. So, I mean, like, you know, when I was downloading the footage, I got kind of mad at him. And I, I apologize, but I still feel terrible over that. But if it comes to, like, chickens and you do that, don't sweat it. You know, there's your bag limit is 10. If there's two of you hunting, you can shoot 20. If you forgot to hit record on the first 10, well try to remember on the next 10 kind of a thing and uh you know your opportunities to kind of uh kind of figure out your camera gear and stuff it's you know there's a lot of times that you can just work on your equipment but anyways we're not talking about filming hunts we're talking about uh shooting chickens here uh but yeah you know when it comes to hunting chickens it like I was saying just a minute ago, you know, you can use a rimfire, you can use a shotgun, you can use a bow, you can use a pellet gun. You might be able to use a slingshot. I'm not too sure. Uh, it would be kind of fun though if you could. Uh, that'd be pretty neat. And uh, you know, I've used all of them except for slingshot. I don't think I've actually used the slingshot on a chicken. But man, it is so much fun when you can just take out like one of your twenty twos. And like a box of bullets and you know, you're in it for a couple hundred bucks and you're putting food on the table. But then also, you know, being able to change things up. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed it a lot with the bear hunts. Uh, how I, I like to, I like the change. I'm not the type of guy that has that one tried and true rifle and that's the only thing I ever use. Uh, you know, like for instance with bears, I've shot them with the 257 Weatherby. 
30-06, 7mm Remington, 300 wind mag, 16 gauge shotgun, 223, 243. You know, uh, just trying different calibers and different firearms and different techniques is just part of the fun for me. So, you know, with chickens, last year I was using my Marlin, uh, what is it, Marlin 925. I got the gear review video up of that one anyways. Nice little woodstock, cheap little thing. A uh, year before, I was using mainly like my 17 HMR. Another year, I was using my other uh, Marlin 22. I think this year, I'm going to be using my Ruger 10 22. So, you know, it's nice to be able to mix things up. And then the odd time I bring out my shotgun, I've used my 16 gauge shotgun, the same one that I killed a bear with. Uh, again, Instead of using the slug, you, know, you put in, uh, I think it was seven and a half bird shot in it with two and three quarter shells, and man, it's just a blast. I've also used the 410 before, which I don't really like. It it's just the spread on the 410 is just huge. I don't really like that. I bought that just to kind of say I have it, but uh, yeah. And then I've also used my bow before. Uh, one thing, if you're going to be using a bow to hunt chickens, make sure that you actually get the the actual like chicken broadheads. Uh, I've used just regular old field tips before because I didn't want damaging my broadheads. Uh, and those aren't any good. It just makes a little hole in them, and you know you got to make sure you got backup if you're going to be doing that. Because uh, I've seen a chicken fly away with an arrow in them before, and I had to go way out in the boonies to find that bird before I popped him one at the 22. Uh, broadheads, they work, but the problem with that, you know, a, a broadhead's like 25 bucks each kind of a thing, and uh, you don't really want to be using that for a chicken. Uh, if you don't smack them perfectly in the head and you hit the breast, like it does just as much damage, if not more, than a shotgun does. And then plus... Every single chicken that you shoot is just going to chip and damage your broadhead even more. So like a day of chicken hunting with one broadhead, uh, you know, there's a good chance after shooting the first one, the tip is going to be bent or one of the blades is going to be bent and chipped and it's just not going to fly straight. So you're pretty well just kind of throwing money away at that point. But the, uh, the actual real chicken broadheads, whether it's the one with the three big loops uh, those ones work pretty good because as long as you're within, you know, fairly close, those loops are so big that it clips them and it does the job. Uh, I have some from, I think it's G5, and it looks just like, kind of like, almost like eagle talons. There's like three little talons coming out, and they work pretty good, but, ah, man, you got to be pretty accurate with them. You kind of got to aim for almost like the base of the neck and kind of clip the top of the breast with those because it's just a solid piece of aluminum and it, it does the job very, very, very well. But the amount of damage that it does to the meat, it's it almost defeats the purpose. But uh, but anyway, you know, that's up to you guys too. Uh, if you're a really good shot, like if it's a chicken standing there perfectly at 20 yards, then it's not a big deal. I can pretty well smack them in the head almost every time. Well, not every time. I don't want to get too cocky here, but your chances of hitting them in the head uh, are pretty high. 
if there's anything further than that, it's it's pretty hard. But uh, but yeah, that that's totally up to you. I mean, if you have a bunch of old broadheads kicking around that you know they're just in a junk pile, by all means use them. Like it it doesn't really matter as long as you get the job done, kind of a thing. And then with the shotguns, you know, I have a 410, and I bought that because I, I like to have something uh, suitable for everyone. And, you know, growing up, the big thing was the 410 is perfect for children. I would rather have the kid shoot my 16-gauge or a heavy 12-gauge, and I just help hold the gun up. That 410, I don't know if it's just the way this one's kind of designed or what, but I am not a fan of the 410 whatsoever. But I'm sure with, like, a modern 410, it would it would be much better. This one here is just some kind of a, like, Italy-made gun, and it's a smooth bore, and uh, there's no chokes or anything like that. So, I mean, that definitely affects it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you did buy, like, an actual new 410 with chokes and you shot it quite a bit it would be a pretty wicked little chicken gun but the one I have anyways is is not good <laughs> I've used it to shoot a couple of birds uh and that's that's about it just because the pellets were so spread out the one time I shot two birds with one shot and the one bird was like I don't know 20 yards up the road from the one that I was shooting at and, uh, so yeah, I don't know if that, if the pellets kind of ricocheted and then went up and then hit that bird or what happened, but yeah, I pulled the trigger once and two birds folded, so <laughs> it was, it was pretty neat, but I definitely didn't mean to do that. And then, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to the air rifles, those things have come such a long ways now. Uh, I know when I was a kid, you know, there was always like, the Red Riders and kind of like the cheap Canadian Tire Crossmans that were like, I don't even know, 50 bucks. And they were kind of okay for like shooting at pop cans and stuff. But now like the world of air rifles is like it's taking off like crazy. And one good thing if you're in Canada, uh, if you have an air rifle that shoots below 500 feet per second, uh, you don't need your PAL to buy one. So as long as you have your core course done and you have your hunter number card or your hunter number and you have your hunting license, you can go out with a pellet gun that you bought from K and Dyer, like a nice little crossman or whatever, for like 200 bucks. I think some of the good ones are. And you can legally hunt chickens with that. Uh, and I think rabbits as well. So, I mean, it is a pretty cool thing, and it's it's something different. Uh, you know, Shelby, this year she doesn't have her PAL, but she wants to hunt chickens, so I'm going to be buying her uh, a nice little pellet gun, you know, surprise. Uh, <laughs> so in that way, when I'm at work, she can take her dog out. Uh, there's lots of chickens that are just kind of in behind her house on the pipeline, and she can take her dog and the pellet gun she can go out she can shoot her limit of 10 chickens or one or however many it is that she wants to shoot right and uh, she can actually just enjoy herself you know just having a day with just her and her dog 
So uh, if you're wanting to get into chicken hunting, you know, you don't need a lot of money. Uh, you don't you don't even need your PAL as long as I can't remember if it's 16 or 18 and older. But I mean, really, if you're 16, walk around with a pelican, I don't think anybody's going to give you any grief for that. I know I sure wouldn't. I'd probably be the one buying you the pelican. But uh, <laughs> anyways, you can go out and you can enjoy yourself in the woods. You can provide your own food. Uh, you know, one of the coolest things that a guy can do or girl, whatever, is you can just go out and you can, you know, quote unquote, take care of yourself. You know, if you're packing a little pellet gun around, you walk out on a pipeline or down a little seismic line, you hear some birds, and you get yourself a nice little rough grouse, pull the breast meat off, maybe even the legs if you want to, build up a little fire, and cook them right there in the middle of the trail. It's, I, I don't know, there's something about just kind of getting back to like your ancestral something or other or whatever, and man, it just feels so good. Uh, especially, uh, if you go, like, the little extra mile, and in September when, like, all the cranberries are ripe, if you make, like, a little bit of a poor man jelly, just have, like, a little cup or whatever, and just smash some of those, uh, cranberries up, and just kind of scoop it up with your chicken breast that you cooked over the fire, and take a bite out of that, it, it's one of those things where you would never pay money for it, but you almost should while you're there kind of a thing you know it just it tastes so good like a michelin star restaurant has nothing uh on that not for the taste and flavor but just for the feeling that you get uh from doing that you know it's just it's an amazing little thing but you know that's also part of just chicken hunting in general uh when you head out you know a lot of times i'll bring a little cooler with an ice pack in it and uh Bring whatever, smokies, sausages, hot dogs or burgers or whatever. And I'll bring like my little tripod with me and the little cooking grate so we can build a fire and cook over the fire. Or, you know, you can bring in like a small little portable barbecue and cook up your burgers on a tailgate kind of a thing. And, you know, you just take the day, slowly drive around. Uh... A lot of times we kind of hunt with more than one person in the truck. So, I mean, if there's, say, me, Shelby, my brother, Blaine, if we see a bunch of chickens, you know, we'll stop and maybe Shelby will take the first shots. Once she shoots the magazine off or they she shoots one or two and then the rest fly away, well, the next flock of birds that we see, it's Blaine's turn. So he gets out, does the same thing shoots his five shots or whatever and then the next one it's my turn you know and it's when you're doing doing like a circulation like that it's so enjoyable everybody gets a chance to shoot at something everybody gets a chance to just have fun you know uh, and at the end of the day if you only get whatever two birds i mean so be it uh at least you're seeing something at least you're taking shots if anything, you're out driving around, enjoying yourself, you have company, you didn't have to wake up at 4 in the morning, you're not miserable because you're tired, you're not hunting from 4 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, kind of a thing. Uh, everybody's usually in a pretty good mood, you know, and it's just, 
it it's so much fun and like like I was saying earlier it doesn't matter if you're if you're young old newborn baby 95 years old <laughs> it man it does not matter like everybody can go out and everybody can enjoy themselves I uh, you know one of my last hunts that I ever did with my grandpa I'm pretty sure it was the last hunt I did with my grandpa was a chicken hunt and you know that was when he was pretty well blind with the glasses that he had uh so we dad picked him up new glasses so he could at least read books and stuff like that uh he had his old 22 and i think dad bought him a new scope for that gun too or took one off his guns and put it on it and then he had just like a ziploc bag of 22 bullets so we'd see a chicken and i would just turn the truck roll down his window and he would just shoot from the truck and i'd just load up the magazine hand it to him like here you go here's your clip you're ready to go he'd shoot they'd fly away or i think he ended up did he did get one or two not very many but you know he he couldn't see kind of a thing so he had fun listening to music and shooting at birds and you know i had fun just driving him around and loading up the magazine for him and you know and like you know my childhood's full of like just amazing memories like that uh the 22 magnum that i have now it's my dad's old 22 magnum it's a ruger m77 hawkeye uh stainless steel barrel has the black synthetic stock and it's the one where the the butt stock kind of has like that weird little indent that some of those m77s have uh unfortunately with that thing you can't adjust the trigger and they can they come out of the factory at like i want to say it's seven or eight pounds to pull the trigger so it's <laughs> as a kid and even now as an adult i miss a lot with that gun <laughs> you gotta think eight pounds of pull like when i was a kid i mean you're not going to be accurate to start with and then trying to pull an eight pound trigger oh man poor dad you know we would burn through the bullets with that thing and even now to this day i still burn through the bullets because as you're sitting there you're pulling the trigger but as you're pulling the trigger you're putting tension on that gun so then your other arm has to keep kind of pulling it up and adjusting as you're pulling and oh man you end up missing a lot of birds but like even when i bring that gun out with me i know i'm gonna miss and i know i'm gonna miss a lot which doesn't happen typically with like my 22 or my 17. I'm pretty deadly with those things. But it it's almost more enjoyable than when I bring my 22 and I hit like 7 out of the 10 shots. Because it's just like it brings back childhood memories of like wasting my dad's bullets. <laughs> I probably owe him like $100 or $200 from all the 22 Magnum bullets that I've wasted over the years, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, you know, just like the nostalgia of that rifle, it's just, uh, it's pretty fun, it's, it's pretty cool, and speaking about, like, dad's old 22 Magnum, uh, you know, I think my next rifle that I buy, it's gonna be, I'm kind of leaning towards, like, a, I think it's a CZ-457, where it's just it's a absolute beautiful gun with like the high gloss walnut finish 
I think it's a 22 inch barrel. Uh, there's no iron sights. So it has to have a has to have a scope on it, and it's just the rifle itself is absolutely beautiful. And I'm gonna put like a loophole or vortex scope on it or something. Or I would, nah, I wouldn't put a Swarovski on there. That that's too much money. Plus, I don't even know if they really make scopes for 22s. But anyways, a really nice loophole or vortex on there. That's all set up for rim fires and all that stuff. And then what I'm hoping is that that will be like my pass down gun. Uh, you know, shooting my great great grandpa's 16 gauge shotgun has a wood stock. My grandma's 30 6 has a wood stock. And my grandpa's 30 30 has a wood stock. And it's one of those guns where, well, all of them are guns that when you look at it, you can see the varnish is rubbed off. You can see every little nick and chip and dent in the wood and stuff like that. And when you hold on to the gun, you know that, you know, other members of your family have held on to that same gun. Dad took his first moose with a thirty thirty. Grandpa or Grandma has shot a pile of moose with the 30-odd six. Who knows how many things have been shot with that 16 gauge because that's a hundred year old shotgun. And you know, I kind of want to have, I kind of want somebody to have the same feeling when I pass down this 22. Uh, you know, I want it to where it's either my kid or my grandkids when they pick up this 22, whatever it is. 60 years down the road they can go yeah this is grandpa's old 22 you can see where the varnish is rubbed off on the fore forearm where he's held this thing for whatever it is 10,000 rounds and you know that when you put your cheek onto that cheek piece you know that's exactly the same spot grandpa did for so many years kind of a thing and you know there's a lot of times too where even just looking at a rifle it just brings back flashes of memories of like what you would call like gripping grin pictures you know what i mean you see the you don't just see a dead animal you see the the proud guy holding up his moose that he got or you see the the rifle laying there and then you look at the rifle that's in this same picture but now it's sitting in your gun closet and you know it it does you know, there's meaning to it. Uh, unfortunately, this day and age, you know, not a lot of people know what it is I'm even talking about. You know, they see a, a firearm as a deadly weapon. Me and the way I've grown up, a firearm is a tool. It's nostalgia. There's there's a storyline. Uh, you know, it's a family heirloom. Whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, and I, I want to be able to pass that down, uh, to the next generation or two or, or whatever. Who knows? I might end up forgetting it on the box of the truck and running the thing over after six months. I, <laughs> you never know if that happens. I'll have to buy a second one, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things like that, you know, in just like the last couple of years, uh, you know, stuff like that has really been hitting me pretty hard. Uh, 
you know, grandpa passed away. My dad's not getting any younger. You know, he's 50 now, so he's kind of making his plans for retirement and all that stuff. I just turned 30. So, you know, I'm not a young chicken myself anymore. I mean, I am to a certain degree, but, uh, you know, it's kind of getting to that time where I, I'm nowhere near the end, but, uh, you know, things are getting a lot more sentimental to me now. Uh, that's one thing that I'm kind of upset with my, uh, with my 1022, uh, when I bought that. I didn't really like the stock, so I went out and I bought, I think it's a K-Star, uh, synthetic stock, and it, it makes it look like a military-type uh, rifle, and you have an adjustable butt cheek and all that stuff, and it's, at the time, I thought it was really cool. Now, I mean, I haven't shot the gun in a few years, just because I think it kind of looks stupid, but... It's still a 10.22. It still shoots great, uh, and it's still a very accurate rifle. I just don't like the stock. Plus, now, like, I, to me, there's no way I can hand that gun down because there's nothing special about it. You know, it's a weird-looking plastic camouflage stock, and it's man, there's nothing to it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm starting to get to the point now where, uh, I'm buying things and I'm using things with a purpose now uh I don't know I'm just getting uh sentimental and emotional in my old age or something you know <laughs> things start to mean a little bit more to me now uh which is a good thing I guess you know you can't be a, a grumpy old stubborn bugger your whole life but uh yeah I'm I'm looking forward to buying that little rifle plus that thing the CZ's are an amazing rifle, the 457. I can't remember if it's the 457 or the 455, but they are just a deadly accurate rifle. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. And then uh, my uh, super secret little project here that I've been kind of hinting about here and there, it has finally arrived. It's in the mail. It's at the post office. Uh, it's waiting for me to pick her up and then. Uh, There'll be some pictures and videos of that coming out here real soon. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to really use that this fall, but for sure next spring I'll be using it. And man, I I am so, so excited about that. Uh, it's not my first sponsorship deal, uh, but it is the biggest. Um, you know, I... I've been sponsored by Northbound Gear for a little bit now, and they've they've helped me out a little bit, and I've made a little bit of money with the affiliate deals from them. Uh, with this sponsorship deal, uh, they're not paying me at all. They just gave me one of their products to test it out and to make content with it. And uh, when I search it up online, whether it's Google, YouTube, Yahoo, Bing, whatever, there's been, I think, two videos of what I'm wanting, wanting to do with it. And, uh, you know, I, I really don't want to give it away just yet. But it's one of those things where I am, uh, I am so excited to try it out. Shelby is, like, completely scared shitless of me doing it. But 
you know, you gotta, you gotta have a little fun. You gotta scare yourself once in a while. Uh, you know, I, I went bear hunting with a single shot shotgun that, uh, didn't like to eject shells. So if I can do that with, you know, the shotgun, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll be, uh, I should be okay, uh, with this other product. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to talk about it without actually giving it away, but, uh, man, it's, it's something else. Uh, especially now that the regulations are very crystal clear on what you can and can't use on a hunt. Uh, before it was always just a little bit shady and I wasn't quite too sure cause they, they didn't say that you couldn't, but they didn't say that you could where now it says yes so once as i seen the little green check mark i went perfect got a hold of some people told them who i was what i want to do and they said we're gonna get you in touch with our canadian distributor and they'll take it from there and that guy said yeah absolutely i have no problem sending you something to make a video with so uh yeah i am just yeah <laughs> we'll leave it at that before i start talking too much and uh, end up giving it away. Another thing that's open right now too is rabbits. I can't remember if it was my, my last podcast. The one before that, that I talked about rabbits. But it's opened up. Uh, August 1st that opened. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to go after a couple there. On my last days off for this days off coming up. But last days off, you know, I had my priorities straight. Uh, Blaine's getting married. So I just put everything on hold. Hooked on to the holiday trailer, went to Hudson Hope, spent a week out there with him and Courtney and uh, helped them guys out. And then this week coming up, I'm not going to, well, I might be able to hunt a little bit. I have to pick up my package <laughs> on Wednesday and then I'm going to be going out and I'm going to be doing some filming on a new set of caves. Uh, and then after the caves, we're going to be going back to the Tumbler Ridge area. And there's for sure one set of dinosaur tracks that we're going to walk into. And we're going to do a bunch of filming there. Uh, and there might be a second set. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on the second one. Uh, while we were out in Hudson Hope there last week, I tried going to, to one of them. And the directions I had were to the other set. But it made it sound like it was for the main ones. And we got, uh, we didn't get turned around. But when we got down to the last like half a kilometer to where the actual dinosaur tracks were supposed to be. Uh, there was some bridge maintenance going on. So you couldn't get across the bridge and everything's getting ripped up there. So yeah, we turned around we got out of there unfortunately. But uh yeah, at least now this time I did a little bit more research because I was just like a, hey, let's go see if we can find this kind of a thing. And uh, if I would have just sat down, shut up, and did research for about 10 minutes like I did today at work, uh, I would have found the directions to the actual place that we're wanting to go. And where we're going is called Six Peaks uh, Trackway Site. And it's... It's either one of the largest trackway sites in North America, or it is the largest trackway site. Uh, I believe there's over 12 different 
sets of dinosaurs that uh, have their prints through the tracks there. Uh, one of them being like the uh, big old long neck, you know, like Littlefoot, his old grandpa. One of them walked through there. Uh, I think one is a four-toed meat eater. There's some bird impressions. Uh, then there's a few other like three-toed grass eaters. There's one where it has like the big kind of, I don't even remember what the heck it's called. He walks mainly on his back feet, but once in a while they walk on the front feet too. And they have like a weird bird beak looking thing. Uh, whatever. I'm a very, uh, it interests me a lot, but I don't know much about it kind of a thing. As you can tell, I know what a T-Rex is and that's about it. But uh, it's really cool stuff. And uh, you know, I can't wait till I can show you guys uh, where it is that I'm going, how to get there. If you watch a lot of my other videos on uh, like fossil sites and stuff like that, I don't skimp out on directions. I tell you exactly where it is, how to get there, and I think this time what I'm going to be doing is I'm actually going to pull the GPS coordinates off of Google Maps, and I'm just going to put the GPS coordinates directly into like the description or the comments or it'll be somewhere on the video then that way you can just highlight it copy and paste it directly into Google Maps yourself and then you can do whatever you want with that map print it off get directions yada yada whatever because I know a lot of these things especially like the Six Peaks trackway site uh, the Peace River Regional District and the paleontologist in the area they're wanting to get funding uh, to put up a building over that site. The problem is it's in a very remote place and it would cost so much money. But uh, when it comes to these uh, these sites and these fossils and stuff, there's a lot of interest in it, but there's not much for con you know like there's not much for conserving them. You know what I mean? And uh, I think it's a real shame. Uh, and then also a lot of people, they just kind of keep it hush-hush. You know, they find it, they take pictures, they go out, they walk on it, they touch it. And then if you go out and you do the same thing, it seems like it kind of creates a bit of an uproar. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to kibosh all that. I'm going to tell everybody where it is. Uh, you know, if you have public interest, you're going to get public funding. If you have public funding... You're going to get conservation. So uh, I have no problem telling people where to go. Uh, if you're worried about people corroding them, uh, you kind of have to realize that this came from the Cretaceous period. And it was from 150 million years ago. So if another couple hundred people go out there and walk on it, I, I don't think it's going to hurt. You know what I mean? It's been around for 150 million years when they first put their impressions in the mud. Uh, I think it's going to be okay. And plus, you see kids that get to go out and they bring like their dinosaurs with them. Or you see a kid with his feet in a dinosaur tracks and he's pretending he's being a dinosaur. Like roaring and yelling at people and stuff. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty nifty to see. And man, you know, if... If people go to these sites because of my videos, like Fossil Falls, I've had a couple people reach out to me and say, hey, thank you, uh, because your video, we went out and we checked out Fossil Falls. 
been living up here my whole life, didn't know it was there, and it was really neat to check out with the kids. You know, we can't thank you enough. That, to me, is just absolutely amazing. Uh, so when it comes to something like this dinosaur trackway site, you know what? No problem. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to film it, I'm going to do some voiceover stuff. Basically, you know, I'm going to read off a brochure kind of a thing. But I'm going to try to make it so it uh, it's enjoyable to watch and it makes you want to at least get outside and, uh, you know, at least go and check out the Hudson Hope Dam if you don't feel like driving all the way to the site. At least, you know, it'll get you outside for a little bit and uh, get you off the couch. But uh, anyways, guys, I think I'm going to cut her there. I want to thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you are just listening to this, I would really appreciate it if you went over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel and check out some of our other uh, videos over there. You know, we're always out hunting, fishing, exploring, checking out dinosaur tracks, fossils. Uh, the video version of the podcast is up on there. And uh, there's a little bit of cooking there as well. And also, if you're listening to this, you know, please give us a rating on uh, the platform that you're listening to it. Uh, it helps kind of push this out, and then hopefully one day I can get this monetized as well or get a sponsorship deal or whatever just to kind of keep the doors open, keep the wheels rolling, and, uh, you know, maybe pay for a tank of fuel one of these days to, to get out and check out some of these caves or these dinosaur tracks. And, uh, yeah, if anything... Keep watching, keep supporting the channel, and uh, just know that I do really, really appreciate everything that you guys do. And uh, with that being said, see you on the next one.